Welcome. I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and this is a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. joining us for a trauma survivor thrivers podcast now on mental health news radio network this podcast is also available wherever you get your podcast but i do suggest checking out mental health news radio network to find all your podcasts related to mental health today's guest is april pride host of the high guide podcast april is founder at of like minds a brand for women seeking recreational psychedelic healing april developed the high guide to market products and brands she creates including of like minds april was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or adhd in her late 30s and changed her life in every way well, April, I want to get into that, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on um, just launching your fifth season. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm very honored to have you on. Um, but I do want to, I want to hear your story. I, I think your story is like a lot, like a lot of other people's story, but we don't talk about it as much. So I'd love yeah. for you to share, please. It is. I am a textbook woman diagnosed in her late 30s, if ever, right? And there are so <laughs> many of us, but we don't talk about it. And a lot of us end up being diagnosed uh, because one of our children is. And mine was my story isn't quite like that, but that's what I've that's what I've come to learn is that that's how a lot of women who are older are diagnosed because their kids go through a diagnosis. So my father too was diagnosed later in life at 42. So although I was aware that you could get a late diagnosis of ADHD and it could have a very positive impact on your life moving forward, just you have answers, you can explore different interventions to help mitigate some of your symptoms. It still was not on my radar and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had had a second child and I found myself suicidal. Um, and I started meditating and I, I did what I could, right. I went to a church a couple times a week that offered meditation because I just felt like getting out of the house and going and doing it. And I did, I did that maybe for a year and a half and yeah, I got it. I read an article, um, in the daily beast that said that women ages, I think it's 18 to 24 or 24 to 32, you can still find it online, are the most undiagnosed or underdiagnosed group of people um, relative to ADHD. Wow. <laughs> I read the article and literally I'm, it was my life. It was fascinating to, again, totally textbook. If you are a girl that has undiagnosed ADHD in childhood and adolescence, you are going to develop some form of OCD, most likely. There's a lot of comorbidity and eating disorders are an o it's OCD behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So I did have an eating disorder in high school and into college. And it was something that I had to work really hard in my 20s to, you know, change my behavior so that I didn't think in those ways, but it's really, it's about control because everything, when you do have ADHD feels very much out of your control uh, for a lot of reasons. And so 
I, the meditation worked. <laughs> I read the article. My, I sent it to my then husband who gave me the name of three doctors. We were on vacation that when we got back, he was sleeping anyway. Um, <laughs> when we got back, I immediately made appointments and yeah, I got a diagnosis and the medication that I was prescribed worked for me. I was grateful that it did. I know that it doesn't work for everybody. And now I'm about almost a 10 years since my diagnosis and 10 years on stimulant medica medication, basically daily. And I'm inspired by your story because that's not something that I want to continue. And so I, although I've worked in psychedelics for two and a half years and I've microdosed at times, I've just started taking microdosing seriously and my company of like minds has launched um, Microsight, which is integrative microdosing. So you can work with an integration specialist as part of a group and learn. It's you know teach a teach a person how to fish versus just give them the fish. So learning how to personalize your protocol is what this is about. And and honestly, it was inspired by knowing that I have got to figure out something to the pharmaceuticals that I'm on to manage my ADHD symptoms because I don't feel like it can be a long-term solution for a lot of reasons, just like leaning on alcohol <laughs> not be a great right. long-term solution. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are just things that I notice about my body that I think not taking stimulants every day would be helpful for. And so, um, yeah, my journey has been, it's, it's gone from like, thank God for the medicine to, okay, I think you have to, you know, you're still meditating. I am a lifelong exercise person. So I do have a lot of tools in my toolbox and microdosing. I'm very confident will end up being another one of those tools. Well, I do want to go get into of like minds, but I'm, I'm curious, how did you work psychedelics into your life with this ADHD diagnosis? I mean, I didn't. Um, so 10 years, I mean, I was a recreational consumer of cannabis and infrequently psychedelics. I mean, depending on which one you're talking about and <laughs> when in my life, but you know, for sure. <laughs> um, at the time I had two small kids. And so, um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of talk about microdosing, wasn't really on my radar. I was actually, I had stopped drinking and I was sober after the birth of my second son, which is why I think that a person with um, undiagnosed ADHD is also going to experience postpartum and not realize what's going on. Um, and so that's what was happening. That's why I became, you know, in my mind, very suicidal um, because I just didn't know how to get out of this loop of I'm not, I can't get anything done, right? I just can't, right? And so I think that if I had had, the idea that it was okay to microdose or okay to choose psychedelics for more intentional reasons. This is my youngest son is now 13 and a half years old. So this was a while ago. Um, I, I think everything would have looked a lot different. And I think that that would have been great for my first son too. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't. And that's a lot to do with just the information that I had as a Gen X woman, you know, like you do it for fun and you feel, you know, like, but you should have said no. 
Yeah, it's all upside down the way that we were conditioned with these um, with these substances. So um, medicines, you know, depending on again how you use them. But now I I feel fortunate. I've had so much time to learn about my my, my own brain chemistry and what I have at my disposal. And I feel like I'm just paying it forward and trying to make sure as I did in cannabis with um, the company that I previously had and sold, just making sure women know that they have these options. Again, you can have these tools in your toolbox. Nothing has to be done. Nothing has to be done every day, right? So you don't, some people want to microdose every day. They should, but you don't have to, you know, right? So, but it's good to know that you and call on these things when you need them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's so, it's so fascinating because this, you know, this whole idea of psychedelics, like I, I mean, I was also diagnosed with ADHD, but at a young age, um, I think I was not super young, but I was 12, 13 years old when I started on, um, ADHD medication, you know, come to find out it was because of the trauma I had experienced and my ability to, disassociate. Um, and, and, you know, I just got, you know, they, I, they, I was, I've been on stimulants forever until I actually had my second, um, psychedelic experience, which was with MDMA. And, and I, you know, when I first started the, um, the, the big individual journeys, um, I had to get off of what I was on. I was on Zoloft. I was on another type of SSRI, and after that, I didn't feel this need to go back on it. So it was just, it was, it was very freeing to me. And then after a little bit with the, um, with the ADHD medication, um, and I think a lot of it came from the healing and it came from, and which the psychedelics absolutely did for me. And it was just unbelievable how it, it changed my life. Um, but what made you want to start this, this of like minds? Uh, that's that's wrapped up in my experience launching a cannabis company. I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. People would say I'm a creative entrepreneur. So I've started nine businesses. I've exited three of them. And after I had sold my cannabis company, which was called Vanderpop and was purchased by Canopy Growth at the time, the largest cannabis company in the world. It was the first time I ever worked at a corporation. I had never had a job like that. And so I learned, I learned a lot. And I was disappointed to learn that once a large, once a large company has your brand, there's there's really not a lot of incentive to make sure that the consumer is taken care of. It's really, if it's a publicly traded company, that their interest is a hundred percent for shareholders period. Yeah. Yeah. We know that about every other vertical. It is absolutely the same for cannabis. And so as a person that was an advocate and really wanting women to not only know that they can use cannabis, but also how to use it and Mm -hmm. that what we're selling them will work. There is so, there's such a lack in women's health medical research. And none of these large companies that made so much money in cannabis have put anything into women's medical research. And it still takes women almost $200 of investment before they find the right cannabis product. So I feel like with better education 
yes. and really just saying, we want you to know you can use this. This is why, like I decided to be trained in transcendental, transcendental meditation. After I went to that church for four years, once or twice a week, I decided I was serious about meditating and I went and got trained because there were over 700 medical research studies, clinical research studies showing that this particular type of meditation had these positive effects on our physio on your physiology, your neurochemistry, all of it. And we didn't have any of that for cannabis. And we're still trying to sell women cannabis like it's a panacea. It can help you with everything. Right. And anecdotally, we know that, but we're not explaining to women when your hormones are in this place, you need less of this and more of that. And here is why. And, you know, we, again, teach a person to fish. And so when I sold my company, I started another podcast that continued to educate women around cannabis. But what I noticed in early 2021 is that a lot of cannabis influencers were talking about psilocybin mushrooms and there wasn't, and these were people who had still had canna in their handle for, you know, like canna greens or whatever, but they're talking about mushrooms. And it, to me, it felt like, okay, there's a shift here. There's an interest here. And I just want to make sure that I understand what's happening because here we go again, we're talking about another mind altering substance that is going to be commercialized and it will be taken over by large companies. So how mm -hmm. do you get ahead of that and create a parallel supply chain and work within decriminalized frameworks and yes. municipalities throughout the country and start to build something that the people choose. And then once that happens, I feel that's why it's of like minds. We mm -hmm. work with partners who are like-minded and we know that consumers will find us too, because we're really, really trying to do what the mushrooms would want us to do, which is, I mean, we do sell packages for integration sessions. Mm -hmm. We also gift psilocybin value add products and whole fruit bodies. The vision that I have is that we will teach people how on a countertop device to grow their own mushrooms and to gift it to as many people as possible. And I will not be in the business of like gifting or selling mushrooms. Mushrooms want us to share freely with this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but the integration that is so critical to using psychedelics in a way that is going to produce optimal outcomes, regardless of what those outcomes are for you personally. And mm -hmm. there is a lot of research that it is that bundled approach of the medicine with integration. And, you know, being again, I, I, I started the high guide because it was a way for me to educate myself on psychedelics before I jumped in with like, this is what's up. Integration is what's up. Group integration is what's up. There aren't enough facilitators that have been trained. There aren't enough, there aren't even enough like licensed therapists who are interested in psychedelics that could help integrate mm -hmm. a group of people. Everyone is overwhelmed. All mental health services are overwhelmed. So how do we get more people integrating in a way that is again, optimal for the outcomes they're looking for. And this to me is how we do it. So I've partnered with a licensed therapist and we're kicking off our first protocol and November 7th is our first session. So yeah, wow. really, really proud of it. 
Wow, that's amazing. I I all I absolutely agree. When it comes to psychedelics, it's not it you don't take psychedelics and you're fixed. It's a whole integration process that could take up to a year. I mean, I'm still uncovering things um with, you know, I, I have I have a therapist who um she's an internal family systems therapist and she, you know, she's also a psychedelic integrative therapist. And she is I don't know what I would do without her, even if I didn't take the psychedelics because it was the, it's like it's almost hypnotherapy, internal family systems therapy, which I didn't even realize until I had a hypnotherapist on my my podcast. And she was like, yeah, the in, internal family systems is similar to hypnotherapy. I was like, is mm. it? I guess it is because you really drop down into your subconscious and try to, you know, figure out where the root of all of the this this hurt and you know where the healing needs to happen and so yes I I I 100% agree have you are you do you are you in contact with like Tracy T um for moms Moms on on mushrooms mushrooms? yeah I feel like if you don't I you have to know each other right we don't we don't know each other my gosh I feel like I feel like you you're a lot of respect for what she's doing yeah. I feel like your partnership would be just gold. I really, that's I'm, a great I idea. Connect, I will connect you after, oh, after this, cool. because yeah, so I had Thank her, you. she was on my premiere, the premiere. Of I the listened podcast. to it. Oh, good. Yeah, no, she's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And the work that she's doing. And it's just like you're saying for women's health, it's just so difficult for like, it's like, it's like, no one gives a shit about moms. <laughs> it's like, but we're literally, we're, we're here and we're, we're creating the next generation. I mean, it is really difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that there's so much more research that needs to be done, especially when it comes to postpartum. Just, you know, your story, similar to my my friend's story who started um, the Psychedelic Medicine Coalition to, to you know, because of her own issues with po- postpartum. And the only thing that helped her was microdosing um, and these these big, these journeys. And so... I mean, what you're doing and, you know, what you're offering, because the integration is so important. I feel like it's so hard for people. People are just kind of like, okay, I want to do this, but where do I go? Because of all of the legal work and all the policies and all the things that everyone's working on. Um, Totally. Yeah. And I think, I do think education is really the key here. You know, I don't know if you saw this on the news, the, the man who took the mushrooms and piloted a plane. Did you see? <laughs> this was, I was just like, wow, this guy's really going to ruin it for everyone. Um, oh, yeah. Because right. you don't really, you don't, you, I mean, it's it's education, right? You don't take mushrooms and you don't get in a car. Uh, I've, you know, and it's just, there has to be some intention there when taking it. And I think that really comes with education. And so what you're doing is, 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 all of it it's you know i mean it's it's incredible the work you're doing what is your goal when looking forward what do you hope to accomplish with all of this and you know the future of psychedelics <laughs> you, you're just loaded un- you just unpacked so many things that i <laughs> wanted to reply to and then you asked a very good question go, so well, um, you can go back and i uh, start unpacking if you remember everything no, I, 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 think re- I think that they're related right so as i've mentioned before women need to know that this is an option right and i do think that more medical research will help convince people who are on the fence for a variety of reasons 
in, including doctors who need to guide these people, right, to their best future. And they don't know anything about mm. psychedelics, not therapists. I'm talking about medical doctors, right? So we tell people to check with their doctor before they do anything, right. but that doesn't <laughs> happen. I know that doesn't happen. I don't want that to be the case, but if you have a family history of bipolar, psychosis, schizophrenia, I mean, the list of mental health concerns that if you have a family history of those, you really should not embark on psychedelics without talking to a medical expert, having an intake with them. I mean, you could be sent into psychosis. You could, you know, you could be triggered into a schizophrenic episode and mm -hmm. you had no indication of that prior. So though, that is why I want to be a part of what's happening moving forward is I want those conversations to happen as soon as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want research to help people understand what is at stake here. So that making sure people know that this is an option. And I think we have to back that up with science because science helps. The other thing is that, and I'm, I'm going to speak again to this, to this demographic of women. There's so much sexual abuse that occurs with psychedelic assisted therapy that goes unreported and unspoken of period. Mm -hmm. The more we talk to people, the more we know that this happens and it doesn't just happen men on women. It happens. You are in a vulnerable state and there's a person who's in a position of power. People abuse that power. And mm -hmm. so what we're creating ultimately with of like minds is a directory, a marketplace of facilitators, coaches, therapists that we have vetted that are part of our network and matching them with consumers, <laughs> psychonauts, curious explorers, you know, like we all have reasons why we come to this. And so through the podcast that I have, the high guide, we get to interview facilitators. You get to know them. You can understand if they're, you know, you vibe with them, right? Mm. There will be video. So this is all what we're building toward as we're launching our first microsite microdose or integrative microdosing protocol, right? So that people know that beyond this 12 weeks, they're supported in, in many ways. Yeah. And do you offer, so for, let's say someone who has ADHD, I actually had a friend who um, reached out to me who also just recently um, was diagnosed with ADHD um, in her late thirties. Um, and she was curious about how psychedelics can help her. Um, do you have, do you have anything that focuses specifically on that within your, your guide? I have learned because this is, this is personal to me, mm -hmm. right? I'm always on the lookout when I see research related to the brain and focus. And I am floored that no one is having the conversation about ketamine and mm -hmm. how ketamine repairs dendrites that have shriveled up. They're like the these finger-like projections on our um, brain cells that cortisol just over time, a flush of stress hormone, they shrivel up, right? Cause mm -hmm. you get overwhelmed by hormones in response to your stress. And so ketamine repairs them immediately. One dose 
they project again, they're able to pick up neurotransmitters Mm. that are healthy for our brain that flush our brain and allow us to do normal everyday activities with a lot more ease. And I want to know if you microdose ketamine, is that better than a stimulant medication? I want to know that if you Mm. take a low dose lozenge of ketamine every two weeks for six months, then, you know, you've had enough, your brain has had enough time. You've had enough time to reintegrate and perhaps you're off your stimulant meds. I have so many questions, but ketamine seems to me to be the quote unquote, even though it's not a psychedelic, the psychedelic technically to, um, to have a lot of promise for ADHD. Now where there psilocybin interacts with our serotonin Mm -hmm. pathways So, and serotonin and estrogen are very much related. So as women lose estrogen, right, our serotonin is impacted and that also can have an effect on our ADHD, more the comorbid issues that come along with focus. I mean, this is, I'm not a medical expert, right? This is me just piecing things together, right? So if you microdose psilocybin, Is that going to, I don't know. I have a lot of questions, but I just don't know enough. And I hope that there are researchers out there that have, I mean, listen, there are for-profit heavily people who have, um, or entities that have taken a lot of money that are doing research on novel drugs, novel therapeutics to, um, that's like a psychedelic that has a little bit of a different chemical makeup that then can mm-hmm. be, um, get IP protection, patent protection. Right. And so, okay. So those are being developed and ADHD is alongside PTSD and depression and anxiety. One of the, um, one of the primary conditions that they're looking for an intervention, an intervention through these novel, um, drugs. So I'm hopeful, but, um, I don't have anything right now. The idea, and you're, you're onto something is that when you become a member at of like minds, you have access to an assortment of facilitators that specialize in, right? So Mm -hmm. as we've just launched our pilot, we're working with um, Kendra Bloom, who is an integrative coach and a licensed therapist. And she is again, teaching you how to personalize your protocol while you'll, why you will continue to come back beyond that education is because you can join what is, is, is called right now for the most part, healing circles where mm-hmm. you can find people who are focused on similar outcomes, whether that's addressing specific trauma or the way that has that trauma has had ramifications in your life and trying to, you know, dig through the, that those manifestations, um, people who have ADHD, right. Mm -hmm. Men, men really, really want to have a place where they can go and talk. Guess what's not really supported in our culture. Right. And yeah. And then, (laughs) and the women that I'm speaking to, if they're healing in a silo that no one's winning, we Mm -hmm. need all people And it's not, obviously it's not gender specific, but I'm speaking in like Gen X terms over here, but (laughs) you get, you get it right. So 
we need to make sure that everyone is everyone is being heard and understood even when at face value we're like uh-uh i didn't you're not my person that's not true the more people who would we there's this great interview that i read this guy created i guess it would be a in a plugin or an app with facebook that mixed up the um the invitations where you could if anybody had a public event he it would feed anyway you could subscribe to it so mm-hmm. he started going to random weddings and birthday parties of people because he realized when he went from his house in like south of market to twitter it wasn't you know much of a a commute he saw the same people every single day he saw the people at work he saw the people in his bus he saw the people at his coffee shop and until we force ourselves to get out of our you know our self yeah our bubble and i think that this right coming together over microdosing our curiosity and psychedelics will bring people together because they'll they're we're all finding this through a few different things, but you know, there's, there's some overlap there. And so Mm -hmm. those healing circles are going to be critical to really building community and making sure people know that it's not just having a therapist. It's also just having a friend that understands, like I have a lot of friends, but not all of them have ADHD. So they don't all really get it, (laughs) but there is some overlap there. And I, and, and I really do believe that, you know, share everyone should be sharing you know vulnerability is is, it it is a superpower and you know just if that person didn't write that daily beast article you you probably would still be like i something's wrong i just don't know what it is um and if we weren't talking about it now um you know i i feel like the more we talk about it the more we share you know i mean yeah there probably are going to be those people who are like no that's like you said that's that's not my jam so and 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 then so be it and then they can go on their way but then you will find I mean I have at least have found so many people who are of like minds um so it's 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 been a blessing for sure um April is there anything you would like to to add I, I mean, when it comes to ADHD, I think it's very similar to a journey with psychedelics in terms of the patients. <laughs> and, and I mean, I would say that going 38 years without a diagnosis with ADHD, I went overnight from questioning if I had any intelligence compared to everyone in the world mm-hmm. to realizing that I was the most clever person that I knew. Right. And that there was a lot of power in that and understanding that like, it may not look like everyone else. It may not sound like everyone else, but you did it in a way that you know, very creatively and, and it is just like got through <laughs> a pretty crazy 38 year period because I had to develop a mental acuity, emotional mm-hmm. acuity and psychedelics is a demands the same thing, right? You've got to trust that it's going to be okay. <laughs> In the next four to six hours, you will be okay. Right. You know, a, a life with ADHD is a little bit longer, but yeah. So, <laughs> but just be patient with a microdosing journey. Like the, what we're really emphasizing is like, it's 
if with women in particular and our hormones and our shifts in hormones on a monthly basis, mm. how this affects you and what you need is going to change. Be patient. It is nothing if not trial and error, error to figure out how psychedelics can have a positive impact in your life. Again, it's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. if you think it could be for you, just know that you really are embarking on a journey and to take your time with it and to not say yes to anything that doesn't feel like it's the right time for you, right. period. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. April, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I really enjoyed our mm-hmm. conversation and I would, I'm excited to connect you with Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know about Wonderland. Thank you for bringing that up straight away. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So April may be at Wonderland and I'll talk a little bit more about that in our outro. So April, thank you so much again. That was April Pride, host of the High Guide podcast and founder of Like Minds. For more information about April and her podcast, as well as of Like Minds, check out the show notes. November's issue of Authentic Insider is out. Check out, um, check that out at traumasurvivorthriver.com. April also contributed to August's issue. Again, that's traumasurvivorthriver.com. And you can check out past episodes of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider Magazine in your inbox monthly. And like we were talking about, we were talking about Wonderland. I will be speaking at the Wonderland Conference in Miami from November 9th through the 11th. Hopefully we'll see April there. Uh, the premiere, it's the premier global event for psychedelics, mental health and longevity. And if, you know, if you're curious to learn more about the Wonderland Conference, but you are struggling to make it out to Miami, they do have a scholarship program designed to help those facing economic challenges of members of underrepresented communities and the next generation of leaders. You can apply by filling out the application link in the show notes. The deadline is for October 30th. We will be back next week when I speak with Donna Piper when we discuss embracing self-love, a catalyst for relationship transformation. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. I'm Lori Lee Benstock. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. Take care.